Matthew chapter 28. New King James says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Fathers, we get into the word this morning. As we get into our time, Father, touch our hearts. God, help us to hear from you. Help us to know you a little deeper, Father. I pray that you would challenge each of us today, wherever we're at, that we would be more open to you, God, that we would be willing to um, reevaluate and have you evaluate our lives and, and listen to you as you call us into that deeper walk. Bless our time. Speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week we talked about this scripture, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and it says, go and make disciples. We talked about uh, different, different parts of that, that, that he gave us a mission, that God gave us a mission, Jesus gave us a mission to go into all the world and to make disciples. And, and a recap on that, he said, but it wasn't just a mission, he gave us a co-mission. A co and the co-mission part that I was talking about last week was that he was going to go with us. He was going to be in us, that he didn't just send us out alone, that, that as we go to fulfill his mission, he goes in us. He goes with us, that we're not having to do it on our own. He said he would send us the Holy Spirit to empower us, to live inside of us, to remind us of everything he taught us. And so this mission, which is the greatest mission to go into the world, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, he was going to do it with us. That was the commission part. And then he put us last week, we talked about how he put us in good company, that he did. He wants us to reach this mission, to accomplish his mission on earth, but he wants to do it using us as, a, as a bo the body of Christ, as a family. So he does. He puts us in good company. We're not having to do this all by ourselves. We have the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit, but we have one another. And aren't you glad that we have that? That we don't have to live this life alone. He puts the solitary into families. He calls us together to be the body of Christ here, even as, at Big Bear Christian Center. And so that was what we talked about last week. And, and it's, it's on there. And, you know, this little cough reminds me, some of you were praying, you know, Quinny is here and out of the hospital. She was, had pneumonia, but uh, she's looking pretty good. Hi, Quinn. <laughs> um, so praise the Lord. And, and, you know, we know these things because some of you know these things because we're in relationship and we care for one another. And that's part of this living, this Christian life. And so what I want to talk about this morning is this whole part of go and make disciples of all the nations. What what's a disciple? And, and honestly, I, I don't know if we could really nail that down, what a disciple is today. I think we all have thoughts and ideas of what a disciple is. Um, I was reading, well, a lot of books, but one of the books I was reading recently was uh, a church up in Idaho that um, is really focusing on making disciples, and their leadership team is going around and helping other churches to focus on discipleship. And so they went to all the leaders of this one church, and they said, you know, let's, we're going to have a little exercise. It'll take about 10 or 15 minutes. Let's, let's write down, you know, let's talk about what a disciple is. And the leadership team couldn't even agree on what a disciple, disciple was. And so they actually spent the next like six to eight hours trying to get what is a disciple? What does a disciple look like? And we're not going to spend you know, that eight hours talking about that, but we need to even begin to think when he says go and make disciples, what does that look like? 
And if I, we're supposed to make one, you know, we need to kind of have an idea of what that might be. But we're going to back up the train a little bit and say, am I a disciple? You know, we, before we go and try to make other disciples, we have to ask ourselves, am I a disciple of Christ? Jesus, he called his disciples. He called them and, and he said, come, follow me. In Matthew chapter 10, uh, he says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He called his disciples, and really the word disciple just simply means it's a learner, a student, a follower. So the disciples originally were, they were learners. They were students. They were followers of Christ. When Jesus called them, when he says, come and follow me, they put their hope and trust in him. They left their trades behind, and they began to walk after this man, Jesus. And so they were beginning to put their trust in him. As we do the same thing, we have to, the first part of a disciple is that we put our trust in Jesus Christ. That we're going to follow him, we need to trust him, and we need to know who he is. Well, Jesus Christ, he's the Lord. We don't follow, we're not just following a good teacher, because there's, there's other teachers also in the world. You know, we, we could find a good philosophical teacher, somebody who taught, you know, good, good things, I think Gandhi had some great, great things. Well, we could follow Gandhi. You know, he loved people and, you know, we could, did he have anything to offer? But we're not following a teaching. We're not following a philosophy. We're following the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And so we as a, the first part of a disciple is to say, I acknowledge that you are Jesus, but you're more than a teacher. You are the Lord. That's the very first part. And we could say, hey, I've done that. But before we jump that quick, we need to ask ourselves, have I done that? Have I done? Have I made Jesus Christ my Lord? What does Lord mean? We're talking about what words mean. Lord means master. It means owner. And right there, I don't know about you, but I begin to say, is he my owner? Is he my master? Or is he my boss that I work for part time? There's a difference. Have I surrendered my life? Has I acknowledged him as Lord of my life? That with everything I am, I say, okay, because you're my master, because you're my owner, everything I have is yours, right? It's, it's, you know, we, we, we don't practice slavery anymore, but when slaves would go into the possession of somebody, everything they had became the possession of the master. When we come to Christ, we're saying, you know what, everything I am is yours. Have we made Jesus Christ our Lord? That's the beginning of discipleship. And that's a process. Right there we can say, and that's where we're going to spend time. Individually, personally, not, not today, not next week, but each and every day, Jesus is calling us to allow him to be Lord of our life. That he would be our master and we would be his disciples. Now in the Mishnah, which is the oral tradition um, of the of the Jewish law and it's it's part of the Torah. In the in the in the Mishnah, they had this saying, and it and it was it's a, a wonderful saying. It's may the dust of your rabbi may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. You go, why is that wonderful? May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Well, go back to the the times w w when they were walking. Well, the streets were dirty, and a ra rabbi Jesus was a rabbi. We don't think of him that way, but he was a rabbi, and, and he was referred to as rabbi, which meant he was a teacher, and he had people who were 
following him and students of him. And, you know, in the, in the tradition of the Jewish way of life, what would happen is, is a rabbi would look for the cream of the crop of the Jewish young boys. Those, you would learn the Torah and be able to recite things. But if you weren't the cream of the crop growing up as a young student, you would drop out and they would only continue to educate the best of the best in the traditions, in the Jewish traditions and in the law. And those who kept excelling, rabbis would then come and basically pick them apart, pick them apart from the rest and say, hey, follow me. And they would go to the cream of the crop looking for the students that could represent and follow them and, and do such a good job. That's how it would be. So if you were not under the tutelage of a, of a rabbi, you would go into the family business. You might become a fisherman. You might work for Rome, be a tax collector, because you weren't the cream of the crop. If you were the cream of the crop, a, a rabbi would have come and found you and said, hey, be my disciple. Jesus went to the disciples who were in the family trade. They weren't the cream of the crop. And he said to them, follow me. I'm going to be your rabbi. You're going to be my disciple. And I'm going to show you. And I'm going to teach you. And then they spent the next three years. Well, so the saying, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi, is that you were so close to your rabbi that as he would walk, his feet would puff up dust. You know, if you've ever been out, you know, walking and, and, and the dust would fly up and you're so close to your rabbi. He wants you so close to him that the dust would cover you. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi means that you are close to him, that you're following him. Are we covered in the dust of our rabbi today? Are we covered? We want to be so close to Jesus that that his very dust comes up and covers us because we're afraid to, to get far behind. If he says something, if he says something, we want to be close to him. We want to hear his voice. We want to become students. We want to become learners, but not just of, of the written word. Because Jesus spent three years making disciples. He lived life with them. They went everywhere together. He taught them, but he, he also lived out the life. He, he uh, modeled prayer and he modeled living with other people. He modeled sharing faith, sharing meals. And that's what the disciples were. They learned from Jesus. And that's what he's calling us to be, is people who would follow close behind Jesus, who would spend time, who would be close enough to hear when he speaks. And I'm not. There's too many times in my life I'm not close enough to Jesus to hear when he's speaking. I allow things to get between me and my rabbi. And I need to remove those things. I need to say, you're my Lord. You're my master. I want to hear from you. I want to be changed into your likeness. We never become above our teacher. Luke 640 says a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. You know, as we stay close to the Lord, he imparts into us and we become more and more like Jesus. Is that, is that what you want? That's what I want. Sometimes, you know, truth, sometimes it's a scary thought, you know, to really to, to be transformed into Jesus. I said, what is that? What is that going to mean? I mean, what? And that, that's a real question to come. What what is holding you back? What is holding me back from getting close enough to Jesus to let him transform our life? Because there are things that hold us back. It might be a fear. 
I think a lot of them are fears. We have these ideas that if I'm, you know, if I'm a sold-out Christian, I'm going to look weird and nobody's going to like me anymore. We have these fears that they, I really believe these come from the devil. And so we, the, the first thing to get over the fear is actually to just begin to spend time with Jesus. Because we can't become like Jesus without spending time with Jesus. You know, we can't just look from afar at Jesus and go, okay, I'm going uh, to make myself look like him. It happens from within. The transformation happens when we begin to spend time with one another. If you ever watched, uh, uh, kids are the best example of this, but it it doesn't just happen with kids, but kids are a great example. They walk like their dad. They walk like their mom. You know, they throw the ball like their mom and dad. I mean, they just do things just like their parents because they spent so much time. I think it's fun, though, to get a couple of adults and who, who maybe didn't know each other or, or teenagers, and, and you put them together and they start working together. And pretty soon, their traits and habits start wearing off on each other. Have you ever been talking with someone and, and they say something or do something and you go, oh my gosh, that reminds me of so-and-so, and then you realize that they've been working together for about a year, year and a half, and they see each other all day, and you go, oh yeah, it rubbed off. A joke, maybe the way, they, maybe the way they're swinging their hammer a little bit differently than they used to, things happen. You begin to look like the people you're spending a lot of time with. Your thought process begins to change. Are you spending enough time with Jesus for any of this to happen? Am I spending enough time with Jesus to let His Word fill my life, to let His Word be inside of me that I don't even realize I'm changing? Because I can't do it on my own. I need Him living inside of me. I need to just be so close with Him that it happens naturally. We want to be like our Jesus. Have we given Him ourselves? Has He become our Lord? We ask ourselves these questions. Who are we following? What are we following? Fifty Shades of Grey? Hopefully not. There's a lot of things out there. There's TV shows and people and philosophies and, and they're all pulling us astray. They're all teaching us their things, and we need to come back to the Lord Jesus and say, God, be my Lord. Help me to know you. Help me to to know your voice. You know, I think his disciples followed him, but he hadn't done anything yet. The Lord, the King of the universe, has come to us and said, will you follow me? Will you be my disciple? He created everything, and we know it. He died for our sins, and we know it. He forgave us. He gave us peace. And sometimes we don't even follow him. The disciples, I don't even know the extent of the relationship, but Jesus walked up to these guys at the beginning of his ministry and said, hey, will you follow me? And they did. And they changed the world and their lives were changed. Why would you follow him? Well, there's plenty of reasons, but sometimes we disconnect from those and we don't let those reasons affect our life enough. In fact, you can get so far away from your salvation that you can neglect or forget, he saved me from my sin. He delivered me from my alcohol or drugs or my depression. He gave a new life and a hope and a future. But if you've been walking with Christ for a long time and have allowed your relationship to settle too much and dull, we'll even forget that he did all those things. It's so far back. He's given us plenty of reasons to follow him. He's got all the answers for life and godliness in him. We come to Christ. We put our faith and our hope and our trust in him to Forgive us of our sins. And that's the first part of this is that he makes this presentation. He says, I am the Lord. I am a Savior. 
I died for your sins. Will you receive forgiveness of sins? And that, that answer for, for, a lot is, for, for a lot of us is really the easiest answer. Well, yeah, I don't want to have my sins. I don't want to go to hell. I, I'll receive that. But part of the process, it says, if you will believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, not just Savior. The process is more than just have your sins forgiven. It's will you say, will you believe that he's your Lord, that he's your master, that he's your owner, and then will you just follow him? Will you put your trust in him? Come follow me and I will make you. Part of the process of becoming a disciple, the first part is that, that we say, yes, you are Lord and I accept that and I'm going to follow you. And the next part is that we allow him to begin to change us. We don't change ourselves, but he, get, he begins to change us. Why would you follow him? I think Matthew eleven twenty eight is a wonderful reason to follow him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls. When we come to Christ and we begin to allow him to change us and give us that hope, we find rest. Amen. Who, who remembers that? Who lives in it still and who remembers that? I was struggling and I was just so out of sorts and God gave me rest. And there's something that, that happens here. And it happens other places too, but there's, there's, a, there's something special that happens at, at Big Bear Christian Center. People come and God calls people to this place. And for an unknown to us reason, they, they sit in the services and they cry. And they just cry. And they, I don't even know why I'm crying. It might be in worship. It might be in the message. And I believe it's because finally they're in a place that God is coming and giving rest and res restoration and healing and and all of that stuff that we carry all the time begins to fade away as God does a work in our life. It's good. It's good. Come away. The first part of being a disciple, the, the next part of being a disciple, we, we acknowledge that he's the Lord, but we have to then just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be close enough that if you had dust coming from your feet, it would cover me. But the, see, that's, that's just a being thing. I am close to Jesus. I'm not going to make something happen. So what are we what are we going to do? And I this is where I feel like we all need to start. We have made most of us in here, I believe, has made Jesus Christ our savior and our Lord. We said, forgive me of my sins. And if you haven't done that, today is the day. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes everything. It's not it's it's not difficult, but it's not easy because you say, God, I, I can't do this on myself. The Bible says that I'm a sinner. I know that from my own actions, I've done so many bad things. I'm I've failed and I've cheated and I've stolen, I've lied, whatever it is, and I'm a sinner and I need, I need forgiveness. Well, Jesus says that I will wipe your sins out. I will cleanse you from your sins. And we say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. I want to make you my Lord. And that's it. You believe in your heart. Jesus, Lord, confess you the mouth. God raised from the dead. You're saved. But most of us, I believe, in here have done that. And hopefully right now in that 30-second transaction, you've done that. And if you just prayed that prayer just that quick, or doing it right now, come talk to me after. I want to rejoice with you. I want to help you on your next steps. But as, as most of us in here, and hopefully all of us now have said, okay, I've done that. I've, I've asked Jesus to be my Savior, and I've committed my life to be Him. I want Him to be my Lord. Now what? We need to get to know Him. We really just need to get to know Him. We need to spend time. And I don't want this to be a do this type of a message. But Jesus said, follow me. So we have to let begin to follow him and let him be the Lord of our life. I was challenged. I, I was challenged this week in, in this message because I thought I've made him 
Lord of my life, will I allow him to be Lord of my day? Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that, that I've said, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And yet I can't even follow him during the day sometimes. I rush right into the day not thinking about him. Have you ever just jumped up into bed and the day, jumped out of bed? The day was so busy you just ran and started your day. Right? I, I, and, and some of you maybe have a, have a habit down so well that you, you just never do that. Praise the Lord for that. But so we, we just go in and we don't even say, God, what do you have for today? You know, he might actually have a plan for your day. He might want to talk to you. He might want to use you. He might want to protect you from, from making a wrong choice or being in the wrong place. He actually cares about your day. Will we allow him to be Lord of our day? Not just Lord of our life, but Lord of today. How about Lord of tomorrow? And I don't mean, yeah, so God, I'm worried about tomorrow. No, say, so listen, I'm already Lord of tomorrow. In fact, I think Jesus might have even said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Make me Lord of today. Can you make him Lord of today? Well, well how do you do that? I think the best, the best thing is just to spend a little time with him in the morning. And I know that people say, well, I do my devotions better at night. And that's, that's fine. I'm not even talking about maybe Bible study where you're studying the Bible. But just a minute or two at the least. Just, just okay. Quiet yourself and spend some time with him before you run into the day. Give him your day. Slow down long enough to just begin to let him speak. I need to do that. Some of you who are in here are, are like me. You're doers. You're, you, we, just, we just do, and we need to learn to be. Now, I brought some props, some visual aids. The first thing is, of course, the Word of God. But I want to, I want to tell you that sometimes opening this and reading it is, is hard. And it, and it sets us on a path maybe to, uh, to trying to do something. So we need to study our, the Word, and we need to let the Word study us and be changed by it. But how about just sitting in His presence? Okay, God, I'm going to go into this day, and I really want to give you all of my decisions. I want to be open to hearing your voice. Speak to me. We might read a psalm, continue in, in a chapter, a few chapters of reading, and, and He'll speak to us that way. I believe there's other godly people who've, who've written great devotions, and not all devotions are good, but sometimes reading something like Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, it takes about a minute to read a day's thing. Just, just kind of read it, and it's pausing long enough to say, okay, Lord, help me to change my thinking and put my focus upon you. Has anyone heard of Jesus Calling? It's an interesting dynamic in here because the writer wrote it as if it's first person Jesus talking to you. And so right there, you, you might go, well, see, this isn't Jesus. Jesus didn't write this. You're right. Jesus didn't write this. A person did. But today began with follow me one step at a time. And that's all I require of you. In fact, that's the only way to move through this space-time world. And this goes on. It's enough to just go, yeah, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I want to be aware of your presence in my life today. I don't want to do this thing on my own. Sometimes all we need to do is slow down the train just long enough and allow, allow Jesus to enter in and the rest of the day. If we start out that way, we're more likely at 9 or 10 when we're in that meeting to go, that's right, Lord, I gave you my day. I need you right now. May the dust of our rabbi cover us because we're close to him. You ever been waiting for a phone call? When you're waiting for a phone call, you tend to hear the phone ring 
better than when you're not waiting for a phone call. In fact, when you're waiting for a phone call, you stop everything. Every once in a while you go, was that the phone? Have you ever done that? As you feel really funny, you turn, turn off the TV, turn off the vacuum, whatever it is you're doing. Was that the phone? <laughs> if you're expecting Jesus to talk to you, you'll be going through the day and you'll be like, God, was that you? Is it Marmaduke? Scooby-Doo? Expect him to talk to you. Invite him into your day. Spend time with him throughout the day. But I think we have to start it in the morning. I'm not saying you have to do your Bible study in the morning. And, and I'm not saying that you need to, to do all your prayer list. You know, you, some of you have a prayer list, and some of you are just night people, and that, that works better to, to spend your time reading the Bible. But when you wake up the next morning, see, by the time we've studied our Bible and gone to sleep, when we wake up, it's a new day. So spend a moment or two with the Lord. Say, God, I'm going into this day. Read a passage. On your chairs this morning was the daily bread. It's uh, starting in March. Again, that's not the Bible, but there's a Bible verse in there, and there's a, you know, through the Bible in a year plan, and, and there's just a little devotion. Find something that helps you stop, focus on God for a couple minutes before you run into this crazy day, and then just be, be with Him the rest of the day. Teach yourself, train yourself to hear His voice by expecting Him, and I believe He'll begin to speak to us more, and we will become a disciple. That's part of the process. It's spending time with Him. We're going to begin to look like Him. And then throughout the day, you know, you'll, you, you might have something. And then so you might bump into Josh on the work site or at the store or something. And, and you know, you, you know he's, a, he's a believer. And you might say, you know, God showed me something today. You say, this is what He showed me. And he goes, wow, that's great. You know what that did? That helped him to think that, wow, God might show me something too. Thanks for sharing that. Even if it's not for Josh. Man, it has nothing to do with him. But you're sharing what God is showing to you. And so then they're now, oh, you're right. You know, God might share something with me. I'm gonna be, I want to be open to that. You know, you know what happens because the, sometimes, you know, not, none of us, I'm sure, have ever do this, but some, some of us might. You know, the, the lottery is at $89 million. And it plants that seed and that thought. And we go, you know, I usually don't buy a ticket, but maybe I will this time. Do you ever get that? Anything like that? What if we started doing that with the Lord? Just plant that thought. Hey, God spoke to me. This is what I read in my scriptures today, and, and it just plants the seed of, you know, God might speak to me. I want to read the Word. I want to become like Jesus. And the only way I can do that is to spend time with Him. Psalm chapter 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto you will I pray. My voice will you hear in the morning. Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayers unto you. And I'll look up. It's a, it's a beautiful psalm, and I heard some of you humming it. That's why I know it. It's a great way to memorize scriptures. But it's so true. Give ear to my words. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto my voice. Hearken unto my cry. My King, my God, unto you will I pray. It's a great meditation right there. See, we've got these prayer requests, and I'm not going to look for any other place but you, Lord, to answer them. And then, Lord, you're going to hear my voice in the morning. Unto you I pray. I don't pray to, to Ed McMahon for the money. I don't pray. I pray to you. Hear my voice in the morning. I look up. God, teach us as we close this sermon. Teach us to look to you for our hope and our answers. 
God, we call ourselves Christians, believers. Would we call ourselves a disciple? If that's what you've called us to be and called us to help. Change us from the inside out. Help us to seek your face early in the morning. Help us to seek you first and your kingdom. Throughout the day, Lord, as we would turn those first moments to you, to be ready to hear your voice, to be more alert, that you'll lead us into the things that you have for us and you'll walk with us and give us peace. As your word promises, God, you've done all the work. Oh, Father, help us to step into this, spending time with you, that you would begin to then be able to take the other areas of our life as you would see and work on these other things too. First, let us give you our morning, give you our day. Father, well, pray for your heart of peace and heart of love and acceptance for everyone in here that no one would feel, oh, I've got I've to add this to my day. But God, that they would just felt drawn by you to sneak away and spend a little time, to seek your face, to seek the face of God before seeing the face of man. And help me, God, we thank you that you walk with us and you're willing and ready to speak to us if our ears are open. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Have a... Have great mornings this week.